Hi, hello. Uh, thank you for coming back to another episode of Maverick Messages. Um, I'm Cameron Guidry. I'm a senior here at Providence Baptist College. Uh, we hope that you please listen closely to this message and allow God to speak to your heart. Thank you. Jeremiah 33.3. Let's read it together. You know this one. Call unto me and I will answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Now there are people in this world who when you call them, they will not answer. They will not be there for you. I illustrated that. But you have a promise from Almighty God that if you call him, you will not get a busy signal. You will not get him do the little swipe to decline this call. And you know what he's got if you call unto him? He's got a promise to answer you, but then he's got great and mighty things. He's got better stuff than four pounds of chocolate. And I think many of you would be very happy with four pounds of chocolate. $20, $100, that was fake. Okay, I just wrote that on an envelope. (laughs) And I wasn't going to give you my car either. I am going to figure out a way to give the candy out, okay? I'm keeping the the Reese's cup. But the rest of it, I think what I'll do is I'll pick somebody that is like the most generous person that will share with everybody. I'll figure that out at the end. I'll figure that out at the end. I could just have it at my office and make you come by and, and that would but you're all mad at me and you probably wouldn't even come to get free chocolate. I just want to talk for a little bit this morning about call unto me because it's very important. It's a very important part of our Christian life. And uh, before I start this, I need to call. I need to put a call in. I would invite you that while I put this call in, you can do the same thing and you won't get a busy signal. Ask the Lord to help us today as I ask the Lord to help me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to speak to these young people. Lord, I pray that you will make the importance of the topic to just overwhelm us today, Lord. It's often said that the biggest sin among Christians is prayerlessness. I know I see it in my own life sometimes. And Lord, I I know I need to do better. I'm pretty sure that most of us need to do better in just calling unto you. Lord, you made us a promise, a great promise. Not just that you would answer, but that you would show us things. Great and mighty things that we don't know. Lord, I pray that you'd help me this morning to challenge these young people to call Christ's name we pray. Amen. When I was in Russia, I I wanted to teach my people over there this verse, Jeremiah 33.3. And over here we have a melody that goes along with the verse, and we sing it, and it's and it helps us to remember it. It's a scripture song, it's familiar to most of us. And I thought, I wonder if they have one over here in Russia. So I started looking and asking to some of the Christians that had been over there for a long time. I said, do you have a melody for, because they have some scripture songs. I said, do you have a melody for Jeremiah 33.3? And they said, no, we don't. I said, well, I'm going to write one. Can you put the first slide up there? 
This is Jeremiah 33.3. Now, I didn't write the words. These are right out of the Bible. It says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things thou knowest not. And then it's repeated at the end. And I actually wrote a melody. I wrote a melody to this song. And I taught it to some other missionaries, and they taught it to their churches, and uh, people are, it, it became a, like a top song in, among Christians in Russia. And uh, people are still singing this today over, all over Ukraine and Russia because they really liked it. They put it in their songbook, and uh, I'm going to sing it for you. Don't call me anymore because I'm taking my phone off silence here, and I'm going to... I am going to play the melody, call unto me and I will answer thee in Russian and it sounds like, it sounds like this. You can follow along on the screen. Позови ко мне, и отвечу тебе, покажу тебе великое и недоступное, чего ты не знаешь. Позови ко мне, и отвечу. We had a lot of fun with that. I wrote another version of it where it does like, it does like an echo because it's like call unto me and I will answer you. So I did a version of it where the men would sing the call unto me and then the ladies would answer. That, that's a lot of fun. But I don't, it, I don't have enough Russian speakers in here to do that. Now the next slide. The next slide is the version that you are familiar with. This is the King James Bible version of it. I used to have fun when I was on deputation when pastors would ask me, now brother, now this, is my, this is my hillbilly ignorant voice, okay? I'm trying to cast dispersions on any portion of the country, but they say, now, brother, when y'all get over there to Russia, are you going to use the King James Bible? And I would uh, I'd mess around with them. I think I lost some support doing this. But I said, well, brother, I figure that when I go there, I want to use a version of the Bible that's easier for them to understand. So I'm going to use the RSV. Now, that is the Russian synodical version, which is the good version of the Bible over there in Russia. And then sometimes, even after I explained it, I said, I, I won't be using King James to Russian speakers that don't understand English because they wouldn't understand English. I don't know, brother. I don't know how we can support you if you're not going to use King James. All right, but anyway. How many of you know a melody that goes along with this? I know Brother Hall does, because he has played it on his guitar before. Let's try and see how many of you know it. Ready? Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things thou knowest not. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things thou knowest not. All right, well, that's good. Is that a backbeat I heard over here from this direction? going to have to take remedial appropriate music, I think, for some of these guys. All right, so I'll leave the verse up on the screen for a little while, and let's just take, let's just take it bit by bit and work our way through this verse, because this verse says an awful lot about our prayer lives. First of all, we need to see the first word there, which is call. 
You're not going to get an answer if you don't call. I think there were probably some of you that right towards the end of this, this charade I put on here that you, you figured out he's not going to answer. So I'm not going to bother calling. And when you don't call, it's, it, to me it's a reflection of your faith that you really don't figure he's going to answer. Because if you really in your heart believe what this verse says, that if you call... He will answer, and he'll show you great and mighty things. I mean, we're talking better than four pounds of chocolate. We're talking better than the keys to Brother O's car. We're talking better than $120. The greatest things that God has in his will for you, he is just waiting to give you. If you just call. But you know why it's really, really quiet right now? Because most of us don't call as often as we should. You've got to have a time and a place every day when you set aside. I mean, I understand. We're all busy. But if you don't set aside at least five, ten minutes to just talk to God, you're missing out. I mean, just picture God standing up there in heaven with all of this stuff. And you've all heard the story about the guy that, you know, went to heaven and the angel was showing him around and, and there was like a, this huge building, kind of almost like a heavenly warehouse. And, and the guy asked the angel, what, what is that? And he said, no, you don't want to see that. He said, no, I really would like to know. He said, no, you really, trust me, you don't want to see what's in that building. He said, well, it's heaven. It can't be bad. Show me. And the angel said, all right. So he takes the guy over and he opens. And, and this guy's name is on the door of this huge warehouse looking building. And the angel opens up the door, and the guy steps in, and the place is just filled with all kinds of treasures. I mean, every valuable thing you could possibly imagine. And the guy said, what is this? And the angel said, well, this is all the stuff that God wanted to give you that you never asked for. I'm pretty sure we're all going to have some kind of an experience like that in heaven where we realize that we just didn't call. You've got to call. Call. That is a verb. That is in the imperative mood, which means it is a command. This is not something that it would be nice if you would. I mean, you know, your mom would say, you know, it'd be nice if you call me once in a while. God says, call. You are commanded to do something that will be to your benefit, that will help you immensely, that will keep you from ruining your life. I mean, so many great quotes over the years of different, different preachers. Uh, Dr. John Rice said, all of our problems are prayer problems. I heard somebody say one time that all of our failures begin with failure to pray. You, look, I know, you came to, you, maybe before you came to college... You had it all figured out. You were in high school. You had, you had a summer thing going on. You had a schedule. Your parents would help you, and, and you had a prayer time. You got here to college, and the tornado of activity just swept you up. And you just never really, since you got here, since you transitioned, you just never really nailed down your time and place. 
It's got to be a time and a place. It's got to have some kind of organization. Now, I know you can be super organized with your prayer list where you just kind of go chick, 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 check it all off and not even think about it. But even that would be better than not calling at all. We've got to call. Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, we have got to call. Call unto me. I mean, God, if you could picture God with his phone, just like, I'm waiting. Be nice if you'd call. Usually you think about a girl, you know, waiting for a guy to call. And we do that to God a lot more than we want to admit. You've got to call. All right, so first thing, first thing is you've got to call. The second thing is the great promise here. I will answer thee. God is not going to pull on you what I just pulled on you. That was mean. That was rude. It was fun, but God is not going to do that to you. He's not going to see your name come up on the screen and say, I'm not answering that one. Now, there is, there is a verse that says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me, and you don't want to be in that position in your life. You can kind of... Uh, drop service if you are willingly, knowingly harboring known sin in your life. If I regard iniquity in my heart, you got to take care of that. And the best way to take care of that is just call and, and say, God, I got a problem we need to talk about. You know what I've been doing. You know what I've been thinking. And calling is the way to get that problem solved. Still got to call. Now you might, if you're just going to hang on to your sin, you're not going to get all the, the stuff he wants to give you, but you got to call. And he promises to answer you. There's a lot of discussion sometimes about, you know, what, do, what is an answer to prayer? Um, you know, I, I've heard it all the way from one extreme where I heard a preacher say that if God does not give you what you asked for, then that is not an answered prayer. I better silence this thing. I'm going to... I think I'm going to need it again, so I'll just silence it. If God doesn't give you what you asked for, then he didn't answer your prayer, and you just need to keep on praying until you get what you asked for. There is something to be said for persistence in prayer. But sometimes you ask for something that God knows you shouldn't have. I remember the time my son came to me, and uh, he was 16, and I had been talking to them about leaving home and living an independent life. And uh, I prepared them to want that. And I told them, when I was 16, I had a tremendous opportunity to leave home, go to another state, get a job, and live my independent life. And it was a godly thing. It was My dad approved it, and I left home when I was 16, paid my way ever since then. My son came to me. He said, well, I just turned 16 not long ago. I think it's time for me to go. I think if I were to go to Elgin... I could uh, probably find a family to live with, and I could go to church there, and I could get a job, and eventually, you know, and, and probably go to the, the, the Baptist Academy there, and eventually I want to go to Providence Baptist College. And uh, I admired that desire, but I knew that he wasn't ready for that. So I said, well, let's talk about it. And in talking to me about it, he changed his mind. Sometimes praying is a way for you. Because 
Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee desires of thine heart. Now that sounds like, if you delight yourself in, in, in the Lord, that he'll just give you everything you want. But not only will he give you what you desire, but he will give you the desires. He can change what you want to a godly desire that fits with his will. You have to learn to pray according to his will. And you ask him for something, and you ask him for something, and spending time with him, and, and having the witness of the Holy Ghost, witness with your spirit. Sometimes you find out that the thing you wanted is not the thing that you ought to have, and your wanter changes. But that's, in some ways, that's an answer to prayer. Because he is giving you something. Um, I told somebody one time who had been praying about something for a long time, I said, well, listen, you keep praying about it, and God will either give you what you're asking for, or he will give you the grace to do without it. And that person said, wow, that's, pretty, that's a pretty good thought. So you just call, and he will answer. He will meet with you about the question that you have, the need that you have, and he will answer you. You will make a connection with him. Um, wow, I know that there have been times in my Christian life when I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I just felt like I, felt like I wasn't getting through. But the promise is there. I think about a time in my life when I was, uh, um, I had been in ministry for a number of years and then that ministry opportunity closed and I was between ministries and I was just working a secular job, raising my family, going to church, being active as a layman, but I knew that there was something more. I had a call, I had the call of God in my life and I would pray. I would say, God, please show me what you want me to do. I don't care if it's difficult. I don't, you don't have to make it easy, but Lord, I need you to make it clear. I wrote that prayer in my Bible, and I prayed that over and over again. You don't have to make it easy, but please make it clear. And eventually, it took about, I prayed that prayer for about eight years. Now, in that time, I raised my family. I was active in church. I actually did some preaching around the area, kind of part-time evangelism, but that was not what God had for me prayed for eight years and then this mission field thing in Russia opened up and I mean immediately it was so clear I tell I tell that's, that's something the young people ask me a lot guys come to my office a lot and ask how do you know God's will for your life and I always tell them you got to stay close to God you got to stay busy doing what you're doing right now and I will tell you, based on my experience, that when the time comes that you need to know what to do, God will make it clear. That's been my experience. God will make it very clear. So he will answer. Um, there are times when you're praying for things that you just don't know if, if he's going to do it or not. You have a desire. I mean, probably the best example in my personal life is, is when my wife got cancer. The kind of cancer that she got, pancreatic cancer, is one of the deadliest forms of cancer. Almost nobody survives it. And by the time we found out about it, she was already stage four, which means there's really not a medical reason to think they're going to be able to cure it. And I remember praying every day before I would go to work, I would stop, 
by the foot of the bed, and I would just, I would put my hands on her feet for some reason. I don't know why I did that, but I put my hands on her feet, and I said, Lord, I believe that you have the power to completely heal her. I believe that. I believe that you could take the cancer out of her body and she would be 100% healthy. I don't think I doubt that. Almighty God, I believe you can do that. And that is my desire. That is my request. But Lord, if it would please you to do that, I ask that you'd do that. But Lord, if it pleases you to do whatever you want to do, Please just help me to accept your will. And uh, I will say that she lived a lot longer than we thought she would. Uh, most of the time when you get a diagnosis of pancreatic cancer stage 4, you got about two or three months. Mrs. Gomez died of pancreatic cancer, and she, I don't think she lasted a month by the time they got the diagnosis. My wife lived for 14 months, and that was a tremendous gift to have her for that time. To know that I was probably going to lose her and yet to be able to spend every day with her. And that she didn't, um, there were some inconveniences and, and discomfort, but she was not in terrible pain. She was able to live a normal life. And it was, it was glorifying to God. It pleased God to do that. And in my praying, I told him what I wanted. I believed that he could do that, but he answered me by showing me his will that he would take her to heaven. I mean, we all got to go to heaven sometime, and we all have a time, and we all have a place, and we want to do it in such a way that will be honoring and glorifying to God, and that's what happened to her. And I called, and he answered. Now, it says, I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. Now, if we are calling unto God and we're asking Him, we're asking Him to do what He wants. Now, we give Him our requests, but we always need to preface that with, Lord, if it would please you. Lord, if it would please you to give me a new Lamborghini, I believe you can do that. And I would like to have that, I think. And Lord, if it would please you, I ask you to give me that. Now, for most of us, that's probably not going to be pleasing to God. I think I'm looking around for anybody here that I would trust with a new Lamborghini. If I were God, there would be no Lamborghinis distributed among this group here. But the things he has for you are great and mighty. We're talking about the will of God. I, I weary sometimes when I hear people talk about, well, you know, I'd go off to Bible college or I would surrender for, you know, I, I would surrender for God to do whatever he wants with me, but I'm afraid he's going to send me to Africa. I'm afraid he's going to have me, he's going to have me go to India and work with leper colonies or something. I, it's like you don't trust God with your life. You're afraid that if you just surrender and say, all right, God, here's my candy bars, here's my, here's my money, here's my keys to my car, it's all yours. You're afraid he's just going to grab it and run and say, ha, 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 now you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life. Great and mighty 
things. The will of God is awesome. If you'd have told me when I was 12 years old that I was going to spend 18 years in Russia, I would have said, that sounds horrible. I don't want to do that. I would have probably actively run from the will of God if he had told me that at an early age. And honestly, when the thing started opening up and I started to kind of understand that maybe this is something I ought to be doing, I won't say that I really looked forward to it with great glee, but I can tell you that for 18 years on the mission field, God took care of us. He allowed us to reach people that would never have heard the gospel. And it was great and mighty. It was awesome. Now, would I want to go back? No. <laughs> but I tell you, I, I, make it, I make it clear and plain to everybody. I'll say it publicly. God calls me to go back there. If he calls me to go to, to, to South Sudan, if he calls me to go to anywhere in the world, anywhere in Africa, Anywhere in South America, anywhere in the world, God calls me to go, even California. Heavens. I'm telling everybody right now publicly, God calls me, I'm going. I don't care where it is. Because I know that whatever it is, if it's in his will, it's going to be great and mighty. That's what we can expect from him. That's what he is ready to give us. That's what he has for us. And then the last thing, which thou knowest not. There's a lot of things right now in your young life that you don't yet know. You guys, probably many of you don't know who you're going to marry. Some of you have a pretty good idea. You're already in a relationship. That's great. But uh, several of you, you just don't know. Who wants to know who you're going to marry? I got a picture of her. Give me the next slide. There she is. Now listen, guys, I'm going to tell you, if this, is, if this is the woman that is God's will for your life, she can be described as great and mighty. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean she's muscle-bound. I'm saying this unknown... I will show thee, call unto me, I will answer thee, and I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. If you don't know who this is yet, what's your best action? Call unto me, I will answer thee, and I will show thee. That's a promise. God will show you if you trust him and make it a matter of continual prayer. I went off to college, and there was a blank. Now, I had somebody I was interested in, but she didn't like me. I asked her if she'd go to the youth activity with me, and she said no. And I felt rejected. Waited a couple months, I asked her again, and she said no. But eventually, she said yes and married me. But for all of my teenage years, before I, went, before I left home, for all my teenage years, this is all I had. A prayer request. A, a faceless, nameless, 
will of God person that would be perfect for me. And guys, there is somebody. Nameless and faceless for many of you. I will show thee. Is that a promise? Who's that come from? Is he going to lie? He's going to show you. Things that which thou knowest not. If you don't know who she is, you just keep calling. Don't keep calling girls. Keep calling that God. I mean, it's not like you can fill out a, you know, send out girlfriend applications. I mean, that's totally not a thing. All right, ladies. Many of you do not know who you're going to marry, who you're going to follow and help for the rest of your life. Who wants to know who he is? I got a picture of him. Next slide. There he is. When my kids went to college, all four of my kids came to Providence Baptist College. When I dropped them off here, I would dream about that vacant spot right next to them. I dropped off my oldest son, David, at college here. I mean, literally just dropped him off and left. We were on furlough. All right, kid, have a good life. <laughs> this is Providence. They'll take care of you. And I remember thinking in just a couple years, that vacant spot by his right-hand side is going to be filled. Hopefully by a woman of God's choosing. He came here to college. Surprise, surprise, he found somebody. Audrey Snyder, a Northwestie. And they courted, they did it God's way, and that vacant spot that was just like a, a blank silhouette was filled with Audrey Snyder. And now she is the mother of my grandchildren. And I love her. And I told her, you are everything that I dreamed that my son would have. A godly Christian woman raising my grandchildren and helping and loving my son. And the same thing with my other children. And uh, you've got a vacant spot next to you right now, most of you. Lee J doesn't have a vacant spot. He's got the no vacancy sign on his hand. But when he got here, I think there was a, uh, a blank silhouette in that spot. And I'm guessing he did some calling because he got a good answer. Amen. Amen. Things thou knowest not. Give me the next slide. See this couple right here? <laughs> Which thou knowest not. If you don't know who the person is, you better be calling. You better be asking. You better make that a primary request every day. I mean, Charles Spurgeon went on like first date with this girl and said, I am praying for the woman who will someday be my wife. 
Are you praying for the man that will someday be your husband? That's a good thing to say on a first date. I hope you're praying for that person because, I mean, you would hope that that person is alive on the earth today. Hopefully, you don't have to wait for someone to be born. Like Naomi said, if I could have sons today, would you wait for them? That person is somewhere in the earth right now. Maybe right here in this room right now. You better be praying for that person. You know what else you don't know? You don't know what your life and ministry is going to be. You want to know where? Who wants to know exactly where you're going to go in God's will? You're not sure yet? You want to know. All right, I'm going to show you. Next slide. There it is. Now somewhere on that ball, somewhere there is a place that God is right now preparing for your ministry. When I got to Russia, and a man came to our services, and he said, my name is Alex, and I've been praying for years that somebody could tell me about God. I said, how long have you been concerned about this? And he told me, I mean, it wasn't like I went to the calendar, went to the exact day, but during the time that I was being burdened to go, he was calling out to God to send somebody to tell him. There is a... There is something God wants you to do for your life that is right now, somewhere there, being prepared for you. And many of you don't know yet. You don't have to know yet. But He will answer you. And He will show you great and mighty things, which thou knowest. Wow, amen. That was a good uh, message we just heard. Uh, hopefully you apply these principles to your life and see how God can use you. Uh, thank you for listening for this episode of Maverick Messages. You have a wonderful and blessed day.